Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Strange Crew Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Money. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and remove the money part today because of what we're talking about. I know we had kind of talked a little bit um, in previous episodes about something we wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, unfortunately, Primes is not here, um, which I think is actually probably going to be a better thing uh, because it gives us an opportunity to get a different perspective on mental health and um so please welcome to the show uh my sister primes aunt jc the blind jedi's sister for those of you that are keeping track of the family tree at home uh <laughs> hello 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 morgan how you doing today i'm doing all right doing you know what i am so grateful for this christmas stuff to be over with I love the time with our family, but, oh, man, it's a lot of work to do. Decorating, making cookies, getting with family, um, you know, hoping you don't get sick. You know, just so much stress, so much stress. So I'm glad it's over with, and um, I'm glad I'm able to make it through and still be with my family. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean. I didn't even put finish putting up the Christmas lights. I got, like, halfway through, and then I saw that, like, I needed to fix some. I was like, shit. <laughs> but it was yeah. too cold. It was too cold to be out there, to be honest. Just yeah. Out. You had to put your Christmas tree lights up, and um, you had to put those up probably around October if you really wanted warm weather for that. <laughs> no, that is that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> um, well, I, I appreciate you joining us on here today. Um, I say us because I'm just used to always saying us, but... Um, no, I appreciate you joining me today. Um, no, I mean, like I said, guys, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about mental health. Um, it's so easy when you are navigating through life to kind of look past um, or kind of shake off some of the things that you have to deal with. Um, and you don't really take the second to sit down and realize that you're going through a lot of stuff um, and that everybody is. And, um, that's part of the reason why Morgan's on here today is to kind of give, uh, a different perspective. Um, you know, for most of you guys, um, I think that it's easy to look at somebody who's going through some stuff and it's easy to just be like, Hey, get over it. Um, when you really don't fully understand exactly what people have gone through. Um, I mean, we've been brother and sister for my entire life. And I don't even think we know exactly what each other have had to go through. Yep. So, yep. yep. It's, um, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle when you don't. And, you know, and the factor that we lived in two different households also, you know, I live with my mother and you lived with, you know, my stepmom and um, our dad. So it was, it was kind of rough growing up, but, it's hard to realize. And now that we're older, now we're able to express and tell everything what's going on, <clears throat> which is, that's the big key. That's always the big key is talk about it. Talk about it. It might hurt, but I'm telling you, those feelings you're going through is healing. Always remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the big thing is that, you know, you know, Jordan and I talk about it quite a bit is that no matter what you think you have going on, like it, don't be stupid enough to think that you're alone, that you're the only one that's got something going on. And I, I say it so bluntly because it's, I want you to remember that so much out there is that 
you're not the only one that's had something happen to you that has caused a lasting effect to you. Um, you know, like, like Morgan just said, I mean, we grew up in, in different households. I mean, you know, um, you know, I think one of the things for me in early, early on in my childhood, uh, that definitely kind of like stuck with me and that still affects me today is, um, you know, I, I felt abandoned quite a bit. Um, not that, you know, in the sense that like my parents weren't there, my family wasn't there. Um, but like, you know, my parents had with their own lives, they wanted to live their own, to do their own thing. And I was basically taken care of by a 16 year old who also wanted his own life. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, there was obviously like you and Jude weren't around. And even when you guys were like, the relationship was so weird because we, we just didn't spend enough time together. Um, like I just, I never felt wanted, you know, I, I never felt mm-hmm. like I, I was supposed to be there and I felt like I was just a burden and that's still, I mean, that still affects me today, you know? Yeah. I, I get you, you know, and that, yeah, I, I will agree with you there. It was, it was rough um, coming from a divorced family and, you know, um, not being there for you because the biggest di- difference, I think the reason why is we had such big difference age gap. You were nine years younger than me and I'm in my forties already. You know, your brother's 18 years older than you. So that takes it completely different, you know, where when you came out, you were already uncle. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, it was it was a different perspective, you know. And so, you know, our oldest brother, he was being a dad already when you came into this world. And it was it was really different. Um, I don't think I really ever I could say I really ever connected because me and Nick were always so close because we're only a year difference and an age and that's how we connected so well and played so well with you you're like we don't want to play gi joes we don't want to play he-man we don't want to play you know action figures and batmans and all we we didn't want to play that stuff we wanted to play we wanted to go out and see what we can cause trouble with and you would be the one be like can i come can i come and we always said no so i do feel bad for doing that but um i think the best time that i was able to realize that you know you were a soul of grandpa was when I came and moved in with you guys um, after I got um, after I got evicted from my duplex. I think that's the time that I really connected. You got to see how crazy your sister really was because you never knew. You never knew how crazy I was until you until I moved in with you. <laughs> So, I mean, I I understand you, you were, you were by yourself, you know, and you were alone and, you know, Nick wanted to do the same thing I was going to do was party and have fun, you know, and, and raise a family. So it's a struggle. Um, I can tell you that I go through a lot. Um, I come from, um, I will say that I come from lots of, uh, PTSD, anxiety, um, and OCD. Um, the OCD is what's hindered a lot of my life. And it's crazy because I should have more diagnosis with everything I've gone through. And um, I'll just say from um, coming from a person 
that has, you know, a lot, all these disorders, it's very hard to say, when you look at me, you don't know. I suffer from any of these, nothing. You, you would never know because those situations in my life have put me to be a better person. I don't want to be that one person that this one thing takes my life. So that's one good thing. It's just one part of your life, but you can always be a better person and you want to treat everybody better. So that way they don't ever feel that way that other person puts you as. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's, um, I think when you take a step back and you kind of see some of the problems that you have is like, um, you know, an adult, teenagers obviously have a lot going on. There's a lot going on there. So it's hard enough being a teenager anyway without any like trauma or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when you st- take a step back and you look at some of the stuff that you have, an issue with as an adult, I think it's, um, it's very eye opening, and yes. you, um, I know, you know, for myself, I've, I've, I've tried very hard to not focus on some of the things as I was getting older that definitely stuck with me. Um, yeah. and that's where you, you know, you turn into like the, the self-medicating, um, and there were points where I was, I definitely was, I, I was doing things that my family doesn't know I was doing. I was, you know, uh, I, hell, there was even points where like, you know, I remember you were, didn't realize I, I went to a concert that, you know, your, your ex had gone to and, uh, you know. <laughs> No, if you know the concert, you know, um, you definitely weren't sober at the concert. That's for sure. Nope. Um, <laughs> and nope. I, I, was in a, I was in a much deeper hole than I, I guess yep. uh, I let on. And, um, you know, we definitely came from, you know, definitely came from a family where, you know, you, you just kind of deal with it. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. You don't help ask for help for it. You kind of just said that's what happens and move on, you know. Um, Yeah. You know, I think when when I met you, when I actually I'm sorry, when I when I met you, it was like, oh, this is a brother I'm never going to see. So I carry that grudge with me also. But I make sure that I don't I don't continue to be that sister. Um, but when I came in and moved in with you guys, I was actually a meth addict. I was addicted to meth. That's why we lost our house. That's why we lost me and my ex-husband lost our house was because of that. So, yes, I mean, I went through um, the several stages of an addict combining it, you know, because I come from I come from a lot Um and I apologize now, but it does this tough talking about it does hurt because I don't want anybody to ever go through this. But I was sexually molested as a child. I was abused. I was in um, I was an abusive relationship. I was a drug addict. I was a drug dealer and I was um, somebody who thought I was better than a lot of people, but I wasn't rich. I thought that I was on top of the world until 
I found out that I was in a freaking drive-by shooting. And that's when my, um, that, that's when I realized. And, you know, they say kids are a blessing. Kids are a blessing. If I didn't have my daughter, I don't think I would be where I'm at right now. And dealing with my anxiety, dealing with my OCD and come from this, people, people say, oh, you should have depression. You, you should be this. You should be this. I say, no, no. I can't let that take over my body because we live one life and it's, it's not a beautiful life. People say, Oh, it's a beautiful life. It's not a beautiful life. I should never have to go through this. I should never have to deal with, um, being feeling this way. So, I mean, it's taken me several years, several years of anger management. I mean, I had a problem with beating people up. That's where my anger went, beating people up. So, I understand it's it's crazy. You you, you talk about self medicating because I still self medicate because I don't believe in I don't believe in anything else. All those other drugs make me more worse than anything. So that's my preference. No, absolutely, and I and I think that's the um, I think you you can see two totally different um, situations that come out from self medicating is that you start to realize how much more damage you're actually doing mm-hmm. uh, and or you completely just stay off of it and it, it, it ruins your life um, you know we we've done self-medicating in two different ways and I was fortunate enough to see what happens when people do self-medicate um and i think it just it it made things for me a lot easier to shake off and say you know that's not what i want that's not the life i want um and it's it's very ironic now because you see like with the fentanyl epidemic that's you know hit the country yes these kids that don't really under uh, fully understand like what they're setting themselves up for um you know, I, I recently, you know, for the last, well, what, four years, almost, almost five years now. Um, I mean, I've had my nephew living with me and, you know, seeing what trauma can do to somebody, um, at an early age and seeing how much hurt he has to go through now. Like, I mean, he, he's a drug addict and he, he self-medicates and, you know, he overdosed and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that now it's, it's just strictly, you know, he's smoking weed. You know, I hope that's just it now. Um, but I mean, it, it made my life dealing with that a living hell. And it made me realize like, man, like that's, that's who I was for everybody else. You know what I yep. mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the medication just brings out the worst of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, like, like I said, it was it was alcohol. I mean, I'm not a meth addict anymore. I mean, all I do is I smoke pot every day, and that basically helps me with everything. Um, instead of taking 120 pills, you know, which we see our oldest brother do every day just to live. So it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And sometimes self-medicating does realize, and you're right. I mean, I went through all of that, you know, um, I had to go through rehab twice 
and um, to make me realize that I can't be around people that are meth addicts that get me triggered and they get me anxiety. And I'm like, oh, this is making me want to do it. Talk about triggers. That's the biggest trigger ever is being around a meth head and dealing with and being in a household where you know meth is and it's hard. But I mean, the only positive thing I'm going to tell you is you live a normal life. That stuff, those triggers do eventually go away. All of them, not all of them, a few, most of them, sometimes every couple of them. But for the most part, they all just go away. And people say, you're not an addict. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's a struggle. And yeah, watching, watching him go through, your nephew go through that so much it was, it brought back everything, everything that I went through, you know, and I was only 18 I, and until I figured out that I was fucking up. So it's a struggle. And it's, and it's, you know, I think, I think one of the, one of the bigger things that I got from, um, one of the biggest things I got from people um, as it was, as I was dealing with my nephew was, you know, Evan, you look worn out, you look tired and it, it is. It's very exhausting to deal with. But seeing the pain in his eyes and the hurt and the anger, um, you know, as exhausting as it was for me, it was 10 times more exhausting for him. Yeah. You know, trying mm-hmm. to act like you keep it together um, is horrible. Um, our father was not ever, and I, I've talked about it before, like, he has never was never growing up like the nicest, like most loving what, you know, like it, it was always like, nope. Yep. I love you. That was it. Or yep. you'd have to ask like, dad, do you love me? Yes. That was it. It was never like, you never got the words. And mm-hmm. I know there, there were definitely times and it was different for both of us where there was a lot of resentment towards dad. Yep. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, I was trying to live up to this expectation that I was never going to live up to. And I seriously, for for a brief moment when I was a teenager, um, I actually like hated him and I, I despised him because I didn't feel like I was getting a dad. I felt like I was getting just somebody to point out all, everything I was doing wrong. Yeah, it's it, yeah. And I, I had a different dad, you know, I um, only got to see, you know, our dad every once in a while um, due to both of our both my parent and, you know, our dad conflicting my mother and our dad conflicting all the time. So it was hard. So, you know, I was I was mad at him, too. I mean, you know, he he did. He he had a new family. And he left, it felt like he left me in the dust. And so I didn't get to see him. And so I was mad. I didn't talk to him. I, I, I actually told him I don't ever want to talk to him again. You weren't there for me for my graduation. You weren't there for my programs. You weren't there for anything. And, um, and that, I, I think that really, um, we know he carries the grudge about that. We know he carries that. And, um, He's a different dad now. He's a way different dad now, way different dad now, which is good. So, cause now my kids get to see the man that he actually is. So it's, it's a lot better. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, like I was, 
I tell people all the time, like it's, um, it's a weird, it's a weird scent like situation because like now, um, I get the struggle that he had. Um, and when you talk to him and he opens up more, you hear like the regrets of like the things he did, the decisions he made. And it's, it's so easy now to see that like, man, how much like peace has come over him letting all this out. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely, um, I mean, he had his own stuff going on, you know, it was mentally, you know, like this battle of, I'm sure he felt like a piece of shit, you know, for not being there for you. And, you know, like, I know that he, you know, isn't happy with how things went with me growing up sometimes. He says it all the time. He's not happy with the way that things were for Jude or for Nick. And, you know, I think being able to talk about it and get it off of your chest, um, it's really healed all of us. As I think the main, the main point we want to get across today is that you don't have to sit there and keep battling like you, I mean, you and I have gotten so much closer now as adults and it really did start from when you moved in and, you know, look at Jude and I as well. Like when Jude moved in um, and you, <laughs> Jude is the prime example of, like, man, when he was healthy, I don't think I ever saw a guy work so hard for so little. Yeah. Yeah. And to see him now, but to see, like, he's still in a good mood. It's like, what, like, really, things could be a lot worse. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, he, he was, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to talk about my brother for a little bit, but uh, when he was going through dialysis, <clears throat> when he first got diagnosed before he moved into your house, it was very, 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 he was in a very dark place, very dark place. And it was to see your brother die in several ways, you know, was hard because emotionally he was, he was, he was thinking about giving up several times and um and it was it was bad plus you know dialysis it kills you you know to look at my brother now to see color to see you know fat on him to see um smile um you know i think that's really what turned him around i think when he got a new kidney is when everything changed for him everything changed for him so i mean I think that's one thing we can all say is great. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't talk about it until after he got his kidney. And uh, it was, it was pretty great to hear him sit there and say, you know, Hey, I, I'm sorry, but you know, your kids, cause he lived with, you know, I lived with my mom and he lived with us for a little while. And he said, Hey, you know, my, your kids is what, kept me going, make sure I went to Dallas every day. You know, he was like, this is my, this is my baby sister's, you know, kids. And so I get to be here with them. So 
I think that's one of the reasons he told me why he kept on going to dialysis every day was that was it. So, because his kids were starting to get grown and teenagers and stuff. So, yeah. And I think, I think the other thing is too, is that you look at, you know, um, how, like, I think we, I think he and I talked about it whenever I did an interview with him was, you know, he loves to troll people. He loves to get under people's skin. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's just the way he is. And, but man, I tell you what, there's not an ounce of, of hate or anger that comes out of him. Um, you know, he's, he's legally blind and, you know, he's, shit he's living his best life right now you know he is he is (laughs) he really is living his best life you know and it's good to see you know and and i think the older that we all get we um the grandpa carmona comes out because when i listen to him it it reminds me a lot a lot a lot of grandpa and i and and it sucks because you know if we all didn't know uh he passed away before Evan was even thought about. <laughs> so no, I was there. I was there. You were there for a little bit, but you were young. Yeah, very I was, young. Such, I was still. I mean, I was still an infant. Yes. But <laughs> I mean, no, I think that's the thing too. Is that you know, like you know, for those of you who are listening, it's like you have, um, and I and I, I, we haven't even, you know, we didn't even like touch on like the stuff that our brother Nick deals with oh, um, yeah. being in the military, um, the PTSD, um, you know, it, it's, it's his story. It's not like, we're, you know, we're not going to go in depth on it, but it's like you have four siblings who have really not grown up together with a sense of like family. Um, yep. And it's a, it's a painful thing even for us to think about now because we, we definitely crave it. And we see like, you know, family members are passing away and, and getting older and um, you know, it, it, it just makes you realize like, man, have we started having conversations like this beforehand? Like we could have actually like kept the ball moving, you know, we could have yeah. been close a lot longer, you know, <laughs> then it seems like it's been, you know, like it's going to be just a short time, but um, yeah, I I think it's just, you know, you, you have to open up to people. You can't sit there in the wings and just, you know, think nobody will understand. Nobody will get me Um, or everybody's going to judge me, you know? Uh, I, for the longest time, you know, I got, I got jumped back in high school and, um, I never really, you know, like fully recovered from being jumped. Like the, this, the feeling of being helpless and getting stomped on, um, you know, it, I mean, even thinking about it, like I'm still mad today. Like that was so long ago. I was a sophomore when that happened and I'm still mad about it. And like, you know, I did go and, you know, 
I got into a fight with each guy one-on-one and I beat them up and it did never made me feel better. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's such a weird, um, it's such a weird thing because I, I think as we grow, go into like the society that is today is that, you know, I'm supposed to open up about my feelings, but I've always felt that when I, I did do that, I, I showed a moment of weakness and even now people, I think, you know, like whenever I start getting like upset or emotional about something, I still even get like some looks of like, the fuck's your problem? Why are you like man up? <laughs> yeah. And it's not being a pussy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why does that have to be the, uh, the mantra of today? You know, like, why is that? It's still so old school. Like that's the, uh, that's just how it's gotta be. You just yep. you gotta be like, it, it, it is very different. You know, um, I didn't talk to anybody about what happened to me when I was a kid, you know, being molested at a very young age until I started saying, this is not normal. And it was kept quiet. Nobody talked about it until I would say I was 17 years, um, 17 years old is when it finally came out. And, you know, and he, he was doing it to all the kids, all the girls um, on my mom's side. And so with, with my grandfather molesting every single girl and it happened for about five years and then it stopped. And then, um, and then uh, it, finally one cousin finally came out and said something and then i don't think if she didn't say something about it i don't think any of us would have said something else about it and uh wouldn't realize that it was not okay because back then we didn't know it was okay we thought it was normal it was okay you know until we you know until somebody said hey this is not right and then we were like okay wait a minute now we can say something and and to this day it's you know it was hush hush push underneath the rug and now today we can talk about this stuff and when we talk about it it actually does like i said it does healing um no matter whether you have to you know the first sign of healing is you know uh talking about it saying hey i got an issue i need to talk about it okay let me listen you know and it's your choice whether if you want to hear the stuff that they say but you talk about it and you start crying, that's part of healing. And it might happen several times when every single time you talk about it, but you're still, still healing. You know, like today, I didn't think I can talk about it in this stuff. I try, I started to tear up a little bit, but now I, now I can say that I don't fully bawl and cry and have a emotional breakdown when I talk about it. So talking about it is always the very biggest step and, you know, dealing with it every day and, you know, I think you need to say that part of my life was a lesson and I have to grow from it to be a better person. You know, I don't and it, that stuff does carry. I'm, I'm going to touch on what really quickly is um, the stuff that does carry on and it keeps with you forever is worrying about your kids going through the same problems. Um, and that is really a crucial thing. You know, I, I was really worried when my kids were young about, you know, my stepdad. Um, our dad, any male, their dads also touching them 
inappropriately. And that was one thing that I made sure I guaranteed I asked my kids all the time. Were they doing anything weird? Did they touch you anywhere weird? And, you know, to come from that, that's that's something that it's never going to happen because you just don't, you want to protect, you know, especially your children um, on that. You don't want them to go through the same situation and basically damaging them emotionally um, to have a healthier life. So I yeah. just have to touch on that for a minute. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I, and I think the other, you know, like the other thing about it is too, is that like it, that concern, that fear, um, isn't from like, Oh, Hey, like my stepdad or my brother, or, you know, my dad or anybody was giving off like that vibe of like, Hey, I'm doing something wrong. It it's, that's what trauma does. Is it, yep makes you put this barrier up in your head and you think the worst of everybody. Yep. And, you know, I know for, for me, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it, you know, for me, it was, it was rough trying to navigate, like, um, <laughs> even now, like I, I, think that if somebody stops talking to me or um you know there's like if we're having a great day and all of a sudden out of nowhere like i don't talk to you for 20 minutes you know you're like hey i'm just i'm busy or or i got caught up doing something it's like well what what did i do wrong what did i do wrong because i'm always worried that people are gonna just leave yeah um you know nobody wants to be around me nobody wants to you know, spend time with me, um, which is funny because I enjoy now as an adult, I enjoy being alone, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I definitely don't deal with rejection well at all. And not in the sense of like, I, Oh, I just, I can't take no for an answer. It's, <laughs> it's more like I just, I get in my own head and I'm, you know, at that thought of like, well, wait a minute, why is, you know, how come you're not paying attention to me? How come I don't know, you know, like, what did I do wrong? Everything's just this all like, it all gets in my head and it builds up and it piles on and piles on and piles on. And it can really consume you. Yeah, it can take your whole life away. It really can. And, um, and, that, and that's why I say like, don't. You know, when you get in that mind frame, I mean, one thing I learned, you know, I took therapy, I took rehab, I took counseling, and I had to go to anger management. And um, when my OCD kicks in, um, my OCD is not something that I have to touch 500 times. I have to run through the um, every single thing that went wrong, every single way I think about it. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to get sick because I was around this one person. That's my OCD. My OCD is not something that it's not a physical, it's all in my mental head. Um, and it's, it's a battle every single day just to get to work every day. It takes me about two hours to get to work because I overthink myself. Am I sick? Am I this? Am I this? Okay. Do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? Okay. What about this? Never shuts off, but I don't let that 
take over my life because I, I did, I did let it take over your life. And, um, I didn't see you. I didn't talk to you. I didn't, you know, talk to anybody. I lost all my friends and I was stuck in the world of being with an addict. And he was also the father, you know, he was a father to my son. So being with him and dealing with all of that, it, you can shut out the world. And when you do, you're going to regret it because you missed out so much. And I do, I missed out so much in my kids' life because I lived a life of my OCD eating me up because I was dealing with somebody else's problems. And so like, that's another, another thing I'm going to tell you is you can't help anybody until you help yourself. And, um, if something is toxic, something is not good, and you don't, you know, in your gut, you have everybody has that gut feeling, and you know, in your gut, it's not happy or healthy. Go, go, make yourself happy. Go, leave, turn around. There's always resources. Never forget, there's always resources, whether it's family or even talking to a complete stranger on the street. There's somebody you can talk to at that moment, and. Um, and I'm going to tell you this much. Um, I think the biggest reason why I didn't end my life was because I saw several of my friends shoot themselves, OD, kill themselves. And when you talk about having 68 people in your life die and only 45 of those are people from drugs or killing themselves, that is something that I live every day to say, they're not going to be here. And to this day, I can say that's what hurts me the most is they're not here right now to enjoy this part of life with their kids themselves or even me. So always remember that is my and it's, tip to say. <laughs> and it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely rough to, to sit back and, and again, look at, life from a different vantage point um because as easy as it is um you know i i tell you know uh bailey all the time i'm like you know what's what what's the reason why this didn't get done and she goes uh and i would i at first i would get this excuse and um you know, was, people would always say like, well, why are you so hard on her? Why you, why do you tell her, you know, there's no excuse. And it's, and it becomes this point where it's like, you know what? Like I, I tried to put myself in everybody else's shoes and I realized how exhausting that is. Yep. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, I don't have a, you know, a good reason for not doing something. Um, you know, you know, you said, you know, how much time you missed, like shutting out, <clears throat> you basically weren't living. That's basically what you weren't doing is you, yeah. you living. And it's a very oh. depressing thing when you look back at it. And I chuckle now because, you know, like I remember being there and like, I remember like looking back and being like, well, wait a minute. Why, like, why, why was I crying? Why was I upset? Like, 
Why was I anything? Why was I making up an excuse for why I couldn't move forward? And it's, it's so easy to let the trauma and the pain and the hurt consume you. Um, that that's all it is, is that's your life. And if that's the way you want to live, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. Yep. You know, it's not, you only get, you only get one life, you know, you only get one life to choose, um, how you live it. And I know that, you know, living in that demon life, it, it does consume you. And I have, thank goodness, have, you know, a child that is what changes your life because you never know when your opportunity is going to knock on the door and say, Hey, you know, I'm here. Let's, you know, this is, this is your factor of changing your life to be better. And so I gave my life a purpose and I said, I'm going to be better. And, you know, I wasn't living, I was barely passing college at that time. So, you know, I consumed all my time into college at that point when I was not really being a mother, being, a being, you know, a girlfriend, you know, that was not me. So <clears throat> And I think it, <laughs> it, it does like another big, you know, it does another big thing to you because it, it takes away, you know, like you said, you know, um, I mean, you graduated college, like people who, who hold on to that stuff and don't deal with it, you know, however you have to deal with it, but yep. you have to face it. And that's what I think is, 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 you know, you see these like shows like intervention and they're like, I had this going on. I had this going on. That's why I drink or that's why I do drugs. And it's, no, no, that's not the answer. That's not, that's not facing the problem. Yep. That's putting, you know, that's putting the problem away later. Yeah. And, it's pushing the problem down. And that's yeah. where addiction usually is from. It was the very many years that I, you know, went to it. Cause I was in, rehab for about three years out of outpatient. I never went to inpatient because I didn't think I could do this, you know, and it being destructive and addiction, being destructed on hurting yourself, being um, a person who can lie to themselves and not deal with it. You know, people use all sorts of ways to do it by food, by, you know, even, you know, my 600 pound life, I've also noticed is a lot of them deal with some trauma when they were young and dealing with it and not dealing with it is two different things. Medicating yourself, it just pushes it down and, and it numbs it. You know, eating just makes it more satisfying for that um, urge and that anxiety burst basically is what I got it from overeating also when I learned that too. So with that being said, not pushing it down and actually really dealing with it any way you can, that is a positive impact, I should say, because everybody's different. You know, I medicate by, you know, smoking marijuana every day. You know, I do it for other reasons for actually physical pain, but I do it for mostly for my anxiety. That was the only thing that I realized that it helped. I was still able to live a productive life and I was still be able to be a mother. So that was my biggest achievement. It might be different. You know, it was different for my other drug addict friends at that time. They decided to say, 
we're straightly clean, nothing else. And to this day, I run into them and they're actually multimillionaires. And I said, Hey, that's awesome. You know? So there is, there's, there is a, there is the end of the rainbow. I promise you, you have to go through a whole lot of mud and a whole lot of self-discipline, I should say, for you to get out of that, get out of that bad part of your life of dealing with trauma, anything when you're younger. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing too, is that it, it, you know, um, you know, I know, I don't know where a lot of people stand on, you know, smoking weed, but, um, I know for, for us, we have definitely, uh, I, I don't smoke weed. I used to, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just currently have a career that, uh, says that I can't. So, yeah. Uh, but you, but you, but you help yourself the other way. You know, I think by you talking about your feelings, I think that's how you make it more able for you to deal with your problems too, which is a positive impact. You don't have to medicate yourself with actual things, you know. And I, I, I like that you brought up like the food and and all that. There are so many ways to try and mask you know, I don't want to deal with something I'm going to eat or I'm going to be in video games 24 seven or, um, there's so many different types of addictions that people just, I think overlook it and they don't realize like, again, you're not dealing with the problem. And the problem is, is that you got some stuff going on in there that you need help with. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to talk to a therapist. Hell, I've talked to people just like I'm great at talking to people. I, I mean, if you know my mother, she doesn't know a stranger. Yep. Um, <laughs> to people, one of the biggest things that I've realized is that you know, I try and I try and remember that I don't know what everybody's going through, and. I don't have time to stop and talk to everybody and try and figure out where their hurt is because everybody's hurting. Um, but I try and make sure that their interaction with me is a positive one. And yep. when somebody holds the door for me or I hold the door for somebody or I say, excuse me, I always make sure to tell them, you know, I, have a nice day. And it's, it's something so small that, it may turn their day around. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, you've lost friends. I've lost friends. You never know what one random act of kindness can do. And just in the same sense of, you don't really know what everybody's going through. That's true. But you also don't know when one positive can save somebody's life or turn somebody's day around. And I think that's just the big thing is we're all in this together. Nobody's alone. Nobody is going through something that, you know, that nobody else has experienced in the entire world, but just reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, help a friend, listen to people. Yep. Just be there. Yeah. 
And I, it's so easy for, especially in today's world to just pass such a quick judgment on somebody. It really honestly is like one of the most annoying things that I think this society has started to do is just, I'm going to judge everybody. I'm going to cancel everybody. I'm going to, you know, I'm offended by this. I'm offended, but you know, it's like that, but guess what? (laughs) I've been offended. I've been hurt. Um, I've had things go on that I don't want to talk to people about and it just, it happens, you know? Yep. It does. Just always remember. Yeah. There's somebody out there, no matter what it is. Like I said, always, yes. Always be polite people. Care. Let's be more caring. I think is my main goal is just be caring of people and listen to people. You know, when somebody's down, you know, it's even nice to walk by somebody and say, hope you're doing okay. Have a good day. You know, share the love. I think we need to share the love. And I think that's how people will be able to feel like we can reconnect to reconnect and talk to people and let's help each other. I, I say. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, um, sis, you got anything else? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on and uh, kind of opening up for the for the people. Um, you know, definitely appreciate it. We're going to have to have you on more, um, maybe on some, you know, less serious topics. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, no. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you for uh, being on the show. Uh, appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for everybody listening. And uh it was great to be on. So, uh, all right. So moving into the new year, folks, uh, we are probably going to change up the time formats for the podcast. Um, maybe change up the days. I got to talk with uh, JC and just Trevor um, and kind of see if we're going to kind of spread things out. So it's not clumped into three days. Uh, maybe do Monday, Wednesday and Friday instead. Um We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But with that being said, uh, thank you for tuning in. Please make sure that you guys like, share, and subscribe. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. um, And I hope you guys have a very happy new year. And uh, please be on the lookout for everything on the Strange Crew YouTube channel. There will be a couple of things getting added. Um, If you guys need any work done as far as video and photography, Please reach out to us uh, on Instagram. Uh, it's Evan Money Thirty Three on all socials. It is uh, well, actually, if you're on Spotify, just look at our beacons. Everything's there, um, or you can just look us up, Strange Crew Productions, on Facebook and reach out to us there. And somebody will get uh, a hold of us. One of the moderators will. So, with that being said, we love you guys. Uh, we appreciate you, and we will see you guys in the new year. Peace. Deuces.